Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is WSBT's Community Update on 96.1 WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. Elementary school students in South Bend will soon head back to the classroom full-time. The school board voted Monday night to move back to -to face-to-face teaching in just a matter of weeks. After starting out on e-learning, then moving to a hybrid model, students in South Bend will soon be back in the classroom full-time. The school board voted to allow elementary-age students to go to school in person four days a week, up from the current two-days-a-week model. We do believe, based on, like I said, the guidelines, what other districts are doing, that we can do so in um, a safe way. Students will continue to do e-learning on Wednesday, and middle and high school students will continue with the hybrid model. The district cited data showing low spread of the virus in the classroom and emphasized that students learn best in person. South Bend schools did not discuss the plan with Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox, but he told us yesterday that under the right circumstances, it is safe. In person, but still some level of de-densified is reasonable. The district says it doesn't know how many families would want to come back or stay virtual. Three elementary schools will conduct test runs next week to find out what works. So those buildings being Darden, Swanson, and Lincoln. So we can gather that information and then they can collaborate with the rest of the elementary principals prior to February 22nd. Nearly all the public comment urged the board to keep the current hybrid model with some exceptions, but several board members said the work has been done to make it safe. Moving forward, uh, I have to have confidence that the corporation will keep our finger on this issue and make sure that we're, if there's any adjustments that need to be made along the way that we won't hesitate to act swiftly. The new schedule will start two weeks from now on February 22nd. The district says they will be in communication with parents soon to find out how many will opt to come back and how many will choose to stay virtual. WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. Penn Harris Madison schools also decided to return some students to in-person learning. The PHM board Monday approved a phased-in approach beginning this coming Tuesday. In phase one, grades six and nine go in-person four days a week. Phase two begins the 23rd with grades seven and 10 going to four days a week. Phase three starts March 2nd, grades eight, 11, and 12. After spring break, all students would be in-person five days a week. Students who committed to virtual learning for the second semester will remain virtual through at least spring break in PHM schools. In Mishawaka, grades 7 through 12 are scheduled to be back to five days a week after spring break. County Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox took a few minutes Monday to update us on the status of the virus and efforts to fight it locally. Our hospitalizations are really at the lowest we've seen in quite some time. Does this make you optimistic that perhaps we're going in the right direction? Well, we're certainly headed in the right direction, but a lot of things still concerning kind of on the horizon. So college students back in the community over the last week, and then while we don't have any of the more contagious variants identified in St. Joseph County yet, I think that's just a matter of time. And now we've got K through 12 school or secondary schools, you know, planning to head back in person uh, or at least at higher capacity here over the next several weeks. So a lot of, it, very good news, best numbers we've seen since early September. A lot of things 
you know, concerning on the horizon, a lot of opportunities to screw up. So we got to be careful. Now you mentioned the school issue. We have South Bend and PHM school boards getting more kids back in the classroom. Do you feel that the school districts are ready for this? You know, if you look at all the guidance that's been out there from the CDC and from the state and from the local health department, still all of, we're at a point where all of them still would say some something less than full capacity, you know, whether that's whatever the hybrid looks like. Um, so nobody's advocating 100% full-time in-person five days a week. Um, but a lot of data over the last month especially has come out suggesting that schools actually can be very safe and that's the headline that got a lot of attention. We can safely reopen schools. There are a whole lot of caveats that go into that about masking and physical distancing and keeping people in small pods and having access to testing and ensuring that there's adequate ventilation. So a lot of details that go into making that safe. And then the question of vaccines for teachers is, is the other piece that other states have pursued a different path. And while the CDC has said teachers don't have to be vaccinated to open safely, there's data you can open safely prior to teachers getting the vaccine. It would just be another boost that enhances the safety of reopening. We also had a big change when it comes to the state guidelines for schools and quarantine time and also the distance, the six feet down to three feet now, as long as everyone's wearing masks. What do you think about that change? So honestly, I'm not aware of any data to support the three foot recommendation. We, you know, we know that having a mask on makes it safer. Everyone being facing the same direction makes it safer. Um, so probably can be closer than six feet under those conditions. I'm not aware specifically of data that says three feet's the magic number and that's okay. So I still worry that that's kind of the mechanism used to increase density in the classroom and that's that's concerning to me. The quarantine time, um, you know, I think there is good data to say that you can shorten the quarantine, but again, there are a lot of ways to get that wrong. Um, and so the most straightforward is a 10 day quarantine, no testing involved, and, and that's reasonably safe. To do it shorter, to do it at seven days is predicated on testing, and you've got to make sure the test is done appropriately, that it's reliable, that the timing is right. Again, there are a lot of details packed into that, um, and it's very easy to get that wrong. And if the state is saying three feet, can we also apply that to other places where we're wearing our masks, like church or stores? Again, it, it's predicated on everything facing the same direction. Okay. So if I cough, it goes into the back of somebody's head, not right in their face or the side of their face. So stores are a little too hodgepodge. Church, presumably everyone is facing the same direction except whoever's at the altar. Um, so eh, maybe, but you just get a higher volume of people in a church. And so if you increase the density, again, the, both the number of people and the spacing matter and the duration of exposure, all those things matter. Let's talk about the effort to get people at vaccined in our area. Are we seeing an improvement with that? Yeah, our numbers, you know, except for the weekend, our numbers during the week have been increasing uh, as more vaccine sites have come online and more doses have been available. So certainly between the health department and St. Joseph Health System, those are the highest volume places in the county. But now we've got a total of 11 sites in the county with several pharmacies and then the health link sites also uh, making vaccine available. So it certainly has improved. And how many vaccines do we have this week? And do we expect more next week or are we kind of at a, a, a 
Over the next three weeks, we're expecting that the county health department will be able to do 500 doses a day. I can't speak to what the pharmacies and other locations are getting right now. I don't know. When do you think the state will lower the age from 65 down to 60? You know, my guess is in the 10-day to two-week time frame is kind of the cadence at which they've been accelerating that. But they look at the proportion of people eligible in that age cohort who have been vaccinated before they open the gate to the next. And that 65 to 70 age group is a lot larger than the 70 plus or 80 plus. So it may be, you know, two weeks or so before we get to that point. And then after we do that age group, will it be the general public? We don't know yet. Expected to go down to age 60 and older, but we don't know what happens after that, whether it goes to critical infrastructure, people with high-risk medical conditions, haven't gotten additional guidance yet on that. Dr. Mark Fox with Leanne Tokars on WSBT 22's First in the Morning. More than 700,000 people in Indiana have gotten at least one dose of the coronavirus vaccine. Doctors say there are things you should and should not do before and after you get the shot. Nurses and volunteers staff Beacon Elkhart General's vaccine clinic, where on this day, 800 doses of the vaccine were being prepared and administered. When you get your shot, doctors say do mention your allergies. There are a small subset of patients that have had a um, you know, significant allergic reaction to the vaccine. We haven't seen that locally, uh, but worldwide there have been a few instances of that. So if you're someone who's had an anaphylactic reaction in the past, we would want to know about it. If you've had coronavirus, doctors say do still get vaccinated. And that's because we're not really sure how long immunity from infection lasts. We think it does provide some uh, protection for up to 90 days, but beyond that, it's not really clear. So we want to make sure that everybody has uh, some sustained immunity. But do not get vaccinated if you currently have the virus or waiting on test results. Also, do not get vaccinated if you've had the flu shot or any other shot in the past two weeks. We don't know that if you get a different vaccine, your immune system is already working and then you get the COVID vaccine, it may not work as well and you may not get the same effect that you would get. So just to be safe uh, and make sure that we're getting the full effect of the COVID vaccine, we want to split the the timing and not do anything else within two weeks. Do not take painkillers before you get your shot. Painkillers like Tylenol and ibuprofen, um, you know, they sometimes can decrease the uh, immune response somewhat. So before you get that, we would, uh, before you get the vaccine, we would recommend that you not take those. Uh, afterwards, especially if you're um, pregnant, uh, if you develop a fever after the second shot, it's absolutely appropriate to take some Tylenol, um, take some ibuprofen for pain. And do keep wearing your mask. Doctors say they're confident the vaccine helps to prevent you from getting sick, but they don't know if once you're vaccinated, you can still carry the virus and spread it to others. WSBT 22's Leanne Tokar is reporting. South Bend's Black Lives Matter chapter is hoping to see action from the Common Council after presenting a list of ideas for social justice reform. Black Lives Matter presented ideas from a social justice bill that's in Congress and asked the Common Council to localize it to South Bend. Local Black Lives Matter members are hoping their activism turns to action. The city approved a citizen review board for police in October. Now the group presented new ideas based on the Federal BREATHE Act, which outlines moving more money towards mental health and social services. We're looking to use that model to divest from policing in South Bend and invest in community programs and kind of more things that are research-backed that will make an 
that will make a huge improvement in the community for so many people. Maya Perry is a student teacher and she wants to see police taken out of schools. We're wasting money that could be spent on the students. Others saying there should be ways to make anti-racism policies part of the contract negotiations when hiring police. If it's not binding and it's not gonna get instituted, what good does it make? And in that context, the contract negotiations between the police and the city of South Bend is a crucial place we can make an intervention. Members from South Bend's police union listened in, saying they appreciate the dialogue. And I know I can speak for the police department or, or the, uh, the FOP, we don't want to work with racist officers. We don't want to do it. So if they know somebody, tell us, who is it? That way we can get rid of them. Perry says she hopes to see action from the council soon. My hope is that because of this, we move away from all of the talking and the posturing and the empty words and platitudes, and we actually get to action. We actually start moving money from the budget into these programs, we actually start sitting down and seriously talking about and writing out legislation. WSBT 22, Selena Guevara reporting. The state of Indiana has virtually no regulations on hunting contests, but the Humane Society of the United States wants that to change. They did an investigation into a recent northern Indiana coyote hunting contest and are now making the case that such hunts should be banned altogether. Hunting contests are allowed in Indiana, but don't have many regulations around them. The Humane Society of the United States did an investigation into a recent coyote hunting contest and are now making the case that they need to be banned altogether. This is video the Humane Society took at a coyote hunting weigh-in in Warren County, just west of Lafayette. The organization says 60 coyotes were killed as part of this contest. We certainly um, respect those who choose to, to hunt in their spare time. Really, it's the um, these contests that really are cruel and barbaric. The group's Indiana state director says contests encourage hunters to kill as many coyotes as possible. She says they're often dumped and not used for their fur or meat. It really just seems like a waste of, of wildlife when um, coyotes and foxes play a really integral role in our um, in the biodiversity of our environment and our ecosystem. Coyotes are only allowed to be hunted between October 15th and March 15th, according to Indiana regulations. The Department of Natural Resources did not return our phone calls or emails, but in the past has remained neutral on hunting contests. Gary Harrington is a naturalist at the Rum Village Nature Center in South Bend and says the coyote population has increased over the years. One of their other competitors, which are wolves, have been wiped out. So they're kind of filling that niche in some ways that the wolves used to occupy. Harrington says coyotes can go after livestock and small pets, but generally pose little danger to humans. Seven states have banned hunting contests, and the Humane Society is hoping Indiana will be the eighth. We just want folks to understand what goes on at these events. The Humane Society's goal is to influence the Indiana Natural Resources Commission to ban these contests. The commission's next meeting is March 16th. WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. The views expressed on WSBT's community update are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host, WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us again next week on Community Update on the Sports Leader, 96.1 WSBT. 
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 